0: Radio Hi, I'm Paul Ellard. Welcome to Our Queen, Our Mother, the Graces of the Blessed Virgin Mary. In our sessions we will be exploring the topic of the Blessed Virgin Mary, and why she is important to the Christian faith. With each talk we will try and open up and explain in simple terms the Catholic Church's teaching on the Blessed Virgin Mary. We will also include a testimony of people who have experienced her love and grace in their own lives. So welcome to the program and let us begin with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our oh, loving God, we give you thanks for all the graces and blessings that you pour on us. We especially thank you, Lord, for the times that you reach out to us and pull us out of our suffering and bless us in extraordinary ways that make us incredibly humble and grateful. So, Lord, we ask you to be with us this day to send your Holy Spirit to be in our hearts so that your name can be glorified and that we may love your mother as you do. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Our Lady of Lourdes, pray for us. Saint Bernadette, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, in our last session, we looked at Our Lady's apparitions in Lourdes, and I mentioned at the time that my wife had quite a amazing healing in Lourdes in 2008. In fact, it triggered a whole story that ultimately ended in our marriage so quite an amazing story. So I thought I'd invite my wife Juliana along today and have her share with you her story at length because it really is quite a powerful story but before I hand you over to her I might just put a little background in on how I come to be involved in all of this Occasionally I lead groups for Harvest pilgrimages to various pilgrimages in Europe. And in 2008, Harvest asked me would I lead a group on what they call their Visitations of Mary pilgrimage. And it goes to all the famous sites of Marian apparitions, in particularly um, Lourdes and Fatima. And before I left on the trip, I went in for the briefing. And they mentioned to me, look, there's a lady coming off the Italian tour who'll be joining your group and she's in a wheelchair and my first thoughts were oh my goodness how am I going to deal with this that might sound a little cruel and harsh but when you're the tour coordinator the the buses are you imagine they literally stop ten times a day and so to get somebody on and off a bus My concern was, my goodness, how will I lift this lady? Will I have to lift her and carry her on and off? I was really quite concerned how I would manage all this on my own. Anyway, to cut a long story short, I finally caught up with Juliana at Lisbon Airport because she'd been going onto the aeroplane through special entrances for people in wheelchairs. So I didn't actually get to meet her until we got to Lisbon Airport. Here she was in the wheelchair, and she wheeled up to the bus, and I thought, "Oh, here I go, so I'm thinking I'm going to have to lift her and carry her onto the bus." Anyway, so I walked up to her and I said, "Look, introduce myself." and I said, "Look, can I give you a hand?" And she looked up to me and she said, "Oh no, I'm okay." And she wheeled the chair up to the bus, and she locked the wheelchair, and then just literally just pushed herself up on her arms, and using one leg. Um, sort of hopped and hobbled over to the bus and literally just with her arms lifted her own weight and hopped on one leg up the stairs and got on the seat. And I was quite taken aback because I could hear that, standing close to her, I could hear her sighing and it was obvious she was in a lot of pain. And then when she sat down, she looked up at me with this beautiful smile and said, thank you very much. (laughs) And I didn't do anything. But at that moment, it was like the Lord just humbled me. and So sort I of felt this sort of humility go through my heart that, oh my goodness, here I was stressing out about this woman. And she's amazing. <laughs> but it's uh, the Lord has a sense of humor in all of these things, I think. So anyway, look, enough of me. Rather than make this an interview-type format, I think I'll just hand you over to Julianne. Let her share her story without interrupting and i'll come back at the end and add a few things so i'll hand you over now to juliana
1: thanks paul when i was a young girl i had a strong love for jesus but i didn't have a personal relationship with mary when i was 19 i decided that i didn't want god in my life i wanted to do everything on my own i didn't want permission from anyone I wanted to be independent and I started searching for things that would make me happy and that's earthly things, material things, that will only last for a short time, but again I would not be happy. And I was like this right up to the age of 28. I was working in a hotel doing room service. And I was preparing dinners in rooms. And I had a trolley that I had all the candelabras and cutleries and glasses. And I had to use a service elevator. Now with the service elevator, many times I had this problem that it did not align from the corridor floor. So I had to go into the elevator and lift up the trolley to try to get it over this step. And as soon as I lifted it, I experienced this extreme pain, excruciating pain coming from my lower right side of the back. And it went across to my left side, but it ran down my right leg and I collapsed. I wasn't able to move. Now this left me incapacitated in the wheelchair. Then complications set in. I developed this, it's called reflex sympathetic dystrophy. What happened was I was unable to bend the leg. I was unable to have anything to touch the skin of the leg. It felt like even a strand of hair would touch the skin. It felt like someone had a knife and was scraping the skin off. So in the shower, it would be ex- really excruciating pain if the water would touch the skin. It felt like nails digging into the skin. And from my knee down to my toes, it was like double the size than my left leg. It started discolourating, going to a a dark red, purple, blue colour. And then, later on, as years had gone by, I started developing like a little sore. And it got bigger and bigger and then all this pus started coming out. My toenails started changing colour. And literally the leg was dying. Now, I have been to 50 specialists, and every one of them had said that they didn't want to take the risk of operating on my back, because they said that there would be a 95% chance that I'll be paralyzed. Now, being so many years away from Jesus, when I had this accident, I couldn't comprehend the meaning of suffering, my pain. Having maximum two hours sleep a night. Six different medications that I was taking and then I eventually um, got a tear in my bowel. I just felt that I didn't want to live anymore. I felt it really hard and from being so healthy, All of a sudden, everything was taken away from me. At this moment of my time, for three years from the start of my injury, I was very angry with God. I blamed Him for everything. Why me? What have I done? I haven't hurt anybody. I just could not understand. And so I was like this after three years of my injury. I didn't even want to go to church before my injury, only Christmas and Easter. Once a year confession, even confession didn't mean anything to me. When I went to confession, I just did it as a habit. So I woke up one morning and I felt this strong desire to go to Mass It was on a Sunday, and I called up my mum, and I asked, Mum, could you please take me to Mass? Ever since that day, I'd never stopped going to Sunday Mass. But going to Sunday Mass, (laughs) well, that was a big thing for me. Now I try to go every day. So approximately six months later, I was given a card how to pray the Divine Mercy chaplet. And so I was told by a person that I need to offer up my suffering to Jesus. But I couldn't comprehend to offer up my suffering. But anyway, one evening I went to pray and I had no desire in my heart to pray. I was in so much pain. I was so exhausted that I just wanted to sleep. But I said, Jesus, I offer up my pain, my suffering, everything how I feel, I offer it all to you. And then I started praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet. Now, I kept praying this every day, but I felt no desire in my heart. There was no love. And I was thinking to myself, is it worth praying? I keep going on. I kept praying, and then approximately four months later, we had a family friend of ours. She had mentioned to us to go to the Divine Mercy Sunday, and now I didn't know what that was. And she explained to me that you can go to confession, and many graces are showered upon you. And so I went, I'm in this wheelchair lining up to go to confession. And I felt within my heart something saying to me, you are not worthy to go into that room. And I started feeling very discouraged. And all of a sudden, I found that I'm in this room with the priest. And I said to him, Father, I am not worthy to be here. And he looked at me And it was like I had this contact with Jesus at that moment. And Father said, Ah, but you are. That's why this is called Divine Mercy Sunday, where all your sins will be washed away. And all of a sudden, I just started opening up everything. All the ugliness within me. When I came out of that confession room, I just felt so anew, a brand new person. Ever since that day, I kept praying and praying. And I kept praying until my heart became so happy to pray. But again, there were moments where I felt that I didn't want to pray. The tiredness would kick in and my pain And the struggle that I was going through. And why are you praying? It's not going to help you get better. All these things were coming through me. But I kept pushing and pushing. And then I said to myself, I'm going to go to adoration every single day. And I'm going to do this. And I did it for three months. I really kept that promise, though it was hard. And then I said that I'm going to pray three hours a day at home. But what I did is I did one hour in the morning and then I had my rest. And then I would have in the afternoon another hour. And then before I went to bed, I have another hour of prayer. And then I started going to Wednesdays and Friday Mass. So I started receiving more of Jesus, which gave me a strength And one day, a lady came up to me and she said, Why don't you ask our Lady, our Blessed Mother, for her to go to her son Jesus and ask him to intercede for you that if it's his holy will to send you to Lourdes, and if it's his holy will to heal you, you will go. And I didn't know where Lourdes was. So... I did a bit of a research on Lourdes, and I went to Adoration, and I kept praying for this prayer. Now, I didn't have any personal relationship with Mary, like I mentioned at the beginning of my story. But I kept praying to her for this prayer. And so, all of a sudden, I was booking a pilgrimage in 2008 to Lourdes. And just before that, I kept praying to the Lord, saying, Jesus, there's nobody that can help me. No doctor can help me. My leg is dying. And even one of my specialists had turned around and said that it's coming closer to gangrene and comes that bad, they're going to have to amputate my leg. And here I was saying, Lord, I trust you. If it's your holy will, please heal me so that I'll be able to walk again. But if it's not, so let it be done. But deep in my heart, I was yearning for this healing. And I'm sure of it that the Lord knew my heart. And so I kept praying this prayer. But I first asked for a spiritual healing because I definitely needed this. Now for four years, from the time of my conversion, right up to the time that I was going to Lord's, I kept praying and praying and praying and really trusting in the Lord, or trying to trust because there were moments where I was also feel like I was falling back. But I suppose that's what happens. It happens to all of us. And in 2008, on the 19th of October, I went to the bath bin lords, and two voluntary nurses came to my assistance and one of the ladies from the pilgrimage had said to me that the water is freezing cold. And I thought to myself, oh no, this is going to be a problem. And the reason being was because my leg was so swollen, very, very poor circulation. And the ankle was twisted as well. And as years had gone by, the toes, they were very swollen and they started mangling on top of each other. So you could not touch even the ankle, the toes, the leg itself. If it would go into cold freezing water, it meant it would cramp up and send so much pain on top of the pain that I was already experiencing. But I looked at the statue of Our Lady of Lords and I said, Dear Mother, please warm the water up for me. And as these voluntary nurses placed me into the water and brought me back to my neck and then brought me up again, I felt the water very warm and then I became very emotional. I started crying. They brought me out of the bath, put me into the wheelchair, and as I came out of the cubicle, my foot was no longer that purpley-blue colour, it was like a pinky colour. From that whole day, right up to the time I fell asleep, I kept feeling like there's something wet on top of my foot. But, there was nothing wet there. I asked my mum, There's something's wet, something, like something's leaking, but there was nothing there. Mum goes, it's totally dry. But it felt like underneath the skin. But as I look at it, our lady was preparing for me to see her son the next day by repairing the circulation in the leg. How God showed his love for me. When he blessed me by allowing me to collapse in the elevator and to eventually be a cripple in a wheelchair. Because that's what made me stop and look for answers to the question of the meaning of suffering. And when I woke up and wanted to go to Mass. Also, when he arranged my confession to be on Divine Mercy Sunday, Wow, that was huge, where I made the confession of my life. When he graced me to experience this love and respond with three hours of prayer each day. When he showed me the meaning of my wheelchair. When he graced me with being able to offer up my sufferings. And of course, when he gave me hope and called me to Lourdes, on the 20th of October, 2008, I was saying to Paul, oh, we've got to go to the procession of the Blessed Sacrament. And so he wheeled me down the underground basilica. As we got down there, I wanted to remain in the back, but Paul kept pushing me towards the front, and then one man was calling us over to come to the front. Now there were so many wheelchairs. We were the last ones to come into the underground basilica, and there was one spot right opposite the altar, and there was Jesus. In the monstrance. There I opened up my heart to the Lord again and I said, Dear Jesus, please, if it's according to your holy will, please heal me spiritually as well as physically. But if it's not your holy will, please help me to be able to cope with anything that may happen to me, with my leg, if I have to lose my leg but to go back home and to give me the strength. And so all of a sudden, I felt this heat come within my heart. And I was like, I was so blown away. I felt so much love for Jesus. It's this warmth that I felt inside my heart. I was so happy. And then the priest had taken the monstrance And he came around to the people who were in the wheelchair. The priest came with Jesus in the Eucharist. And as he was standing in front of me, I had my head down. I lifted my head up and I looked into the Eucharist and I said, Oh Jesus, I love you. And all of a sudden, In the Holy Eucharist, I see the image of Jesus' face. And I went, wow, is that you, Jesus? And within seconds, I felt from my waist down to my toes, both legs, this feeling like I was being electrocuted. This electricity was going through me, and it was very, very painful. And... As the priest kept blessing the people from behind us, even stronger pain came. As the priest started going towards the altar and placed Jesus back onto the altar, this electricity feeling started to disappear section by section and until it was all gone. But my pain was still there. And I just felt that something had taken place because I've never, ever, for eight and a half years have I ever felt this electricity feeling before. And so after everybody had left the underground basilica, my mum and Paul came over and I got really emotional. I started crying and I said, we have to go to the grotto where our lady appeared back in 1858. And so Paul wheeled me out and at that time I felt like my right leg felt really light before it felt like a brick really heavy. And so I told him I said to Paul, "Oh, I feel my my leg's really light." Anyway, as we got to the grotto and we started the rosary, and I noticed the sun was on our right. But in front of us, I noticed this light. As we kept praying the rosary, I felt behind the light the presence of our mother, Mother Mary. And I felt her speaking within my heart, saying, Julie, don't worry. Everything will be all right. Just trust and I kept, I was so moved by this. And then I kept praying the rosary, but coming to the end of the rosary, I call out, "Mum, my toes! She goes, What's wrong with your toes? And I said, They're moving. Mum took this moccasin off. I couldn't wear a shoe or a sock because it was too tight for the foot, how swollen it was. But she took the moccasin off and believe it, The toes were spread apart and wiggling out of control. And I'm saying, oh my goodness, I can't believe this is happening. And I go, mum, I've got no pain in the lower back, down my leg. And here I am hitting my leg. And mum goes, what are you doing? I go, there's no pain. I don't feel any pain. And I said, I think I can stand up. Can you help me? So mum on one side, Paul on the other side. They lifted me out of the wheelchair, and I started weight-bearing through my right leg, which I was not able to do. And I go, there's no pain. And then I said, I think I can walk. Can you help me, please? And then we started walking. The only thing was that the muscle was so deteriorated that my muscles were shaking in my right leg. But I felt like I was gliding on the cloud. And when I got back home, I went to see my doctor. Now, the doctors, when I told them that I'm going to go to Lourdes, they thought I was crazy. They said, you're going to put your life at risk by traveling with a leg like that i can get thrombosis and i just said to them what else have i got to lose a leg and i'm going to go with faith because i trust in the lord and he'll look after me so when i got back and i saw my doctor he was so moved he had tears in his eyes and he just said which doctor did you see and i said the lord jesus christ thank you for listening to my story and may our sweet lady bless you and keep you safe in her heart
0: thank you juliana i've heard that story many many times and it's still Continues to touch my heart, no matter how many times I hear it. Um, I might just add a, a couple of interesting points there. We, um, when Juliana was walking for the first time, this man that we didn't know just came out of nowhere and just started taking photographs. And believe it or not, we ran into him again later that night. Um, to run into somebody. When there's a 100,000 people in the place, it's pretty hard to, to bump into somebody again twice in the same day. But I should add too that that year was a very special year in 2008. That was the 150th anniversary of Lourdes. So in actual fact, 9 million people went through Lourdes that year, including the Holy Father. So there was a lot of people there. So anyway, we met this man again in the evening and... He was Spanish and I didn't speak any Spanish and he didn't speak any English. But I must have handed him my business card because some months later I get this uh, letter from Spain and I open it up and it's got a disc in it and it's got the word Lourdes written on it. And sure enough, it's all these photos that he took. He was a professional photographer and he sent us all these photos of um, Juliano walking for the first time which was wonderful to have. But there was one photo in there that really took us back because it was that one photograph when Juliana was experiencing the love of Mary and she talked about it when she saw the light behind the cloud. And that. And there's just this incredible photograph and he must have taken this from the other side of the courtyard on some kind of zoom lens because we didn't see him in front of us taking it. But he managed to capture that incredible moment And it was amazing because I was sitting next to Juliana and through all of this, and I had no idea she was experiencing this incredible experience of the love of Mary. But it all got captured on film. And it was quite prophetic because he sent me a letter in Spanish and I had it translated. And he said in that letter, I was deeply touched by the devoutness of your wife. And of course, back in 2008, the concept that she would be my wife was a ridiculous concept. <laughs> but here we are now in 2012, and we've been married uh, just over a year. So it's incredible how the Lord works in in all of this, and I feel very blessed to have been an eyewitness to this, and it's of course done a lot for my own faith. and and my own confidence in the whole Lord's message in love for God and in just trusting God that to be able to do things that seem to us impossible. So to all our listeners, thank you very much for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed our special program today and please join us next time on Our Queen, Our Mother when we'll look once again at the wonderful graces of the Blessed Virgin Mary. Radio.org.au